welcome back to the the Shula Bowl podcast brought to you by Five Reasons Sports. We are doing a very special episode. I think maybe the first time we've done one of these. It is a direct post-game recap. Uh, I I think that maybe Jake and I may have done a uh, quick post-game recap when Lane Kiffin announced that uh, he was leaving, or it was rumored that Lane Kiffin was leaving. But this is the first one we've done where we are directly after the game. And, uh, you know, as long as the fellas are up for it and we're all free, maybe we can do a couple more of these if there's a one o'clock start. I don't think there's very many of these, but, you know, hey, if there's one for FAU, I'd love to hop on and do that. And we got one today here at FI, uh, at Liberty for the FIU game. Uh, Panthers fall 36-34. I'm not going to do too much talking because I've been, you know, coming off a nine-hour work day. I want to know what you guys, David and Shane, uh, take it away because especially, and I just make this point quickly for the listeners, uh, the press box at Liberty, beautiful press box, beautiful stadium, beautiful everything. But the replays were delayed. So I basically got one shot at everything until I get a chance to rewatch this game on the play tomorrow. So I will let you guys have at it first. Um, uh, David, you want to take it away? Yeah. So, I mean, listen, a lot of people are complaining to the fact that, you know, the referee, you know, the, the referees are, they did. They made a lot of bad calls. But that's not why we lost this game. Um, Listen, the, the two per, uh, pass interferences in the first half were they were they were bad calls. But once again, it was not the reason we lost. And I've been seeing that a lot on Twitter. There's different factors that went into the loss. Sure, they didn't help, but listen, it's not the only reason we lost. All right, and I'll, I know Shane has something to say about it too. But it, I just really quickly, this was you know very <laughs> very devastating. But at the same time, I saw a lot of positives that I definitely want to get into later. But Shane, you got anything on the, the refs or are you good? Yeah, I mean, I just had to always lean on the defensive side with P.I. calls. I think DBs get about it. I do think those early P.I. calls were, yeah, you couldn't have called them maybe. Uh, FIU fans, get cut, but get kind of used to that. You guys play a lot of kind of press man with Florida DBs and the Danes brothers and stuff, and they play physical, and that's going to happen. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's just part of it, uh, with the way you guys play defense, uh, you know, but defense and we'll get to this point later, defense is a strong word for anything FIU puts out on the field. Uh, you know, another, I think 534 yards today. Uh, the only thing that really saved you from, uh, Liberty getting close to a 50 burger was some strong red zone defense. You know, there was three drives where Liberty uh, got down inside the FIU 10 and came away with three points twice and missed a field goal on another one. I mean, you, you turn those into scores and this game isn't close. Yeah, I'm, gl- I'm glad you said that because, listen, the defense, you know, they had their moments. They had, you know, the big stop at the end. They played really well in the red zone but they were getting gashed in the second half. Like the first half, even like they played, you know, pretty well, but the second half, they were really getting gashed and yeah, it was pretty, pretty brutal to see, you know, the run defense was, you know, not to the standards that I think a lot of fans really wanted to see, but I mean, there's going to be a lot of like, go, go Shane. Uh, uh, Sorry. Sorry. I I, I will say this though. I don't, you guys were getting gashed, but there was some element to it of Malik uh, Willis was just making straight plays. There was a couple of yeah. things where you, a couple of times, there was just nothing you could have done about it. He, he would have made those plays on a lot of schools. 
Well, you know what I, I did notice is that a lot of the guy, a lot of the, we had a lot of missed tackles. And I think that you've just been seeing that throughout college football, just, and I like <laughs> that basically do, in my opinion, to the fact that there's no spring and limited contact practices. So you saw a lot of guys just like not really wrapping up and just going for the shoulder hits and they were bouncing off a few of them for like big runs. So, you know, I think that as the season progresses and, you know, we get more practice in, you know, hopefully the missed tackles uh, are brought down, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was tough uh, for a while, but you know, I still, I still did see some positives. Uh, I, Eric, I don't know if you know the status of, Alexi John Baptiste, because I know he did leave the game. I'm hoping that you know he's coming back because he did he did play very well while he was in. But overall, yeah, the de- the defense got you know pretty gashed up until they got to the red zone. Yeah, David. So really quick, um, Alexi did leave the game. Uh, basically, the only thing that that we were told is that's day to day. Don't know any further status outside of that. Um, a couple guys who are are banged up outside of the ones you know as far as Shamar, um, <clears throat> Teddy Richardson. Did see retro freshman tight end Joe Hawker went to the locker room uh, midway through the first quarter. I don't think anybody would have caught that unless he was at the stadium. Uh, don't have any updates on him. Uh, Chris Whitaker is also fighting off an injury as well, an upper body injury. So that's one to keep an eye on. So when, uh, when Butch says that they have about eight to 10 guys banged up, they, uh, he's actually being legit there. They, they do have uh, some guys who were banged up and got banged up in this game, but a few who were banged up coming into the uh, game as well. Got it. Got it. But yeah, so you know, overall it was it was it was tough because you know we had our opportunities, um, you know we had the ball at the end of the game, you know down two, which you know obviously we weren't able to convert on a two point conversion, which was you know really tough. But we did have another chance to score and we weren't able to do it. But I did still see some positives. Like Stone Norton is good. Like he is he he, he stood out of the three quarterbacks, uh, like it wasn't even close for me. He made some really good throws. I mean, the touchdown to Bryce Singleton was a dime. I mean, he, he looked, he looked really good. And he obviously he made some red shirt freshman mistakes on the last drive. But besides that, I think he should definitely be the guy going forward. And I'm excited to see, you know, what we can do with him, him under helm. Shane, can I ask you a quick question? Cause I, I, you know, wasn't able to see the entire exchanges, you know, you kind of had, with some FIU fans, but I did see your name pop up on my uh, Twitter timeline throughout the game. Really quick, um, just what was your impression, maybe not of, of FIU, but just on Liberty in relation to Conference USA competition? I know I'm putting you on the spot here, um, but I, I, I did see you kind of got into a little bit, so I'm just curious, you know, what you may be thinking from that end. I mean, Liberty's good. I, I mean, I think Malik Willis carries that team. Uh, I mean, the recruiting numbers don't really back it up. I know they have some really they've had gotten some success in the portal uh but man i think also one thing people underestimate is hugh freeze is a great coach like probably schematically one of the best coaches in the country all right this is a guy who beat alabama twice at old miss okay that's not once twice at old miss right i mean he he got nick saban uh you know uh and, you know, obviously had the off the field thing, uh, you know, that worked against them. But, you know, on a game day, there's probably a handful of coaches you wouldn't want to have on your side um, running an offense. So I think there's that kind of that element to it. But, I mean, we've seen, we, I, 
you know, we'll, I think it's come to see, you know, how good Liberty is. I think as the weeks kind of go by, you know, more of the puzzle pieces of which team is good, which team is bad. That team isn't as good as we thought. Um, we'll kind of see, you know, their win over West Kentucky seemed really impressive, but you know, in three weeks, we could look back at that win over Western Kentucky and be like, ah, okay, well, they weren't that good. So we'll kind of see, but you know, I mean, they're beating Conference USA teams right now. Yeah, I, 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 I guess that was probably. Go ahead, David. Go ahead, David. I'm sorry. Go ahead, no, no, no. I, I was just, I was just going to add that one of the biggest complaints that I'd also seen on Twitter was that Bush was outcoached by Hugh Freeze. So you, you do bring it up. I mean, listen, he's a great coach, and he had a fantastic game plan for today. So well, there, there I mean, was a couple of elements I didn't really get. I, you know, in our group chat, I didn't really get taking the. And I guess you just putting Stone in at that play, which we'll get to on something that was in my Twitter feed. Uh, I didn't really get taking the ball into half. I get it. You had a long, kind of a long way to go. I don't know how much they trust their kicker. But, man, you know, I, I always think in college football, if you have a minute and a couple of timeouts, I mean, that's, that's forever in college football. Right? I, I tend to be really aggressive with those type of things. Uh, I was a little confused at the end of the game on how many timeouts FIU had. Well, hey, Shane, uh, really quick, same here. We, we, all, we all were confused in the stadium. I, I just have to let you know that. We all were confused in the stadium. Okay, because yeah, the yeah, announcer... Was like, we had like five. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it, uh, the announcer said, oh, this is their last time out. But then his argument was, well, they used one earlier. And I'm like, well, that would leave them with one left. And then they used that timeout on Liberty's Drive. And... Uh, ESPN never took away the timeout. So I'm sitting there just watching the game going, I have zero idea. So I guess if he uses timeouts earlier, you don't really want to do that, obviously. Um, you know, that always comes back to haunt you. But, you know, I, I don't think it's a great look to use your timeouts earlier or too early in the second half. And then you went into halftime with two timeouts. You know, that's always a pet peeve of mine. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, yeah, I didn't like the fact that we kind of just sat on it to end the half. But, but yeah, I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, I also, yeah, I'm with you that I had no idea how many timeouts we had. People were texting me at the end of the game, like, why isn't Butch using his timeouts? And I'm like, I honestly don't even know if we have any. So, but yeah, go ahead, Eric. No, yeah, all I was just going to say was this. Unto uh, my best of my recollection, and guys, I was doing seven things at once down there towards the end of the game. But to the best of my recollection, FIU had two and then used one more. So I believe, and please, you know, fans out there, do not, you know, go run up on Butch Davis and say Eric Henry said this. But I believe FIU ended the game or ended it with one timeout. But I don't know that to be a fact because it uh, wouldn't have made a difference anyways. Right. They were needing the ball. Yeah. You know, maybe Liberty could have helped some people out and scored from the three yard line there, uh, you know, that, that was a meaningful knee to a lot of people, uh, you know, thank you freeze. But, uh, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I also want to bring something else up, Eric. And I just kind of, and yeah. I, I, FAU fans with this through this in lanes first year, there were some people, and I was even wondering why, uh, you know, they obviously were came in with the idea they were going to play all three quarterbacks. Uh, and Wiggins came in and obviously he couldn't throw the ball, but I thought, okay, you know what? At least they have something with Wiggins running and Price running 
you can win a game with that. Okay. Uh, and I said, okay, that, that seems like, and then they went to stone quickly and I criticized it at first. I'm like, what are you doing? Why are we putting in there? Why? Like, I think it's fine if you just go with the spread option attack for this game. Uh, and obviously stone was the right choice, but you know, what it, someone on Twitter pointed out, like it, they've been evaluating him for almost two years now. How is he the third guy to come in? And in 2017, we learned this in Lane's first year with uh, Driscoll and Daniel Parr. Sometimes you learn more about the quarterback and what you have at him in a half of football than you do in 30 practices. And I, I know that's kind of tough to understand, but it's just it, 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 until, you know, the, it, it, it starts flying out there. Sometimes you just don't know what you have and you put a guy in and it's like, Oh wow. You know, the quarter it's why it's the hardest position to evaluate in all of sports. And you just put a guy out there and sometimes they just take off. Like you didn't expect them in camp. Uh, and David, I think I'm, that's probably might've what happened today with stone. I completely agree. I, I feel comfortable, you know, sharing this information now that I, I, um, you know, we're one game in from what, uh, the information that I kind of, you know, been getting throughout the off season was this, that Bordenschlager reminded the, the coaches most of James Morgan in, in the sense that, um, he had the veteran experience and, and also kind of the smarts and that Kalen Wiggins had, the athleticism and anywhere in one of those, in those shallow intermediate routes between five and, and 15 yards, they felt comfortable with, but throwing the deep ball wasn't there. And then with stone Norton, it was a matter of him being a young kid. They said that he, they felt that he had, he had grown leaps and bounds from last year, but also you'd get, uh, you know, three or four great plays. And then he'd follow up and practice with one or two or three plays that kind of make you wonder like, Hey, can we put this guy in the game? And to, to Shane's point, Maybe you saw a little t- tiny bit of that maybe on the first drive with the delay of the game and delay of game and, and, you know, kind of getting the sacks, but I'll tell you this much. I think he might be someone who you just got to kind of stick him in there in a game and see how he develops. And he just develops with the, with the live bullets. Uh, David, I'll let you piggyback off that. Well, yeah. Cause he, I mean, listen, you take away the first drive and the last drive, he looked very comfortable there and he did not look like a redshirt freshman to me. Um, he, you know, he, he, kind of stepped it to the plate. And uh, I agree that sometimes it's, there's just some guys out there that, you know, they thrive under that pressure and they, they play better. And that's in those situations. I do want to give a special shout out though. to the, I thought the O-line played fantastic today and the running game. And with uh, Devontae Price, he was a stud too, but which obviously helped out Stone, especially on his, the, you know, the second drive he came in, he broke off like a 60 yard touchdown run. So that also built some confidence for the offense. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think that's a big thing. Hey, David, really quick, I want to ask you this before we you know, you know, kind of wrap it up and maybe just kind of get on uh, some things that we're kind of looking for when uh, FIU plays Middle Tennessee State. How did the run defense look for you? I know how I wrote it in my article. I felt that I have, I remember the exact numbers before the Joshua Max 30 on the run in the second quarter. I believe it was the second quarter. Uh, yeah, second quarter right before halftime. Uh, FIU had something like they were holding to something like 16 or 17 carries for 40 something yards. I remember the exact number that I put in my game story was 2.8 yards per carry. And yes, uh, Liberty did finish, but I think it was 219 they finished on the ground, but that came on 48 carries. So just from a fan's perspective, what are your thoughts on the run defense? Well, I, in the first half, I thought they, I thought they played really well. I mean, but in the second half, I think what killed us is not the fact that, you know, they weren't consistently gashing us, but when they gashed us, it was for like 50 yards. Like, 
And it, it just, and what it was, it was just a lot of missed tackling. And uh, I mean, on the fourth and one, I mean, the guy made a great play, but like plays like that, it's just, they, it, it seems to like they just collapsed from time to time. But I did think, I mean, I, I think it was an improvement so far from, you know, some like the middle Tennessee game from last year. But, you know, I still think there are some issues there. But I also think that some of it also has to do with the fact that they haven't had as much contact practices uh, as they usually would. Well, that's very common in college football week one. I remember that was like always a big topic with Lane. And there was a game, a couple games, like his second year, there were tackling was poor the first couple of games. And he's like, yeah, you know, we, we were trying to keep everyone healthy and there's the balance and you know, I even, I don't know if people saw this, Dan Mullen, you know, there was a little bit of criticism with Florida's defense saying Dan Mullen said something, well, we only went live twice, um, full live twice. So, you know, there is kind of that balance, especially for G5 teams where you're probably trying to protect a few top guys, uh, you know, and there's that, you know, you just don't want the injury and you want to be prepared. So it, that's kind of an impossible answer for most coaches. But, uh, yeah, they didn't gash gash like I said. A couple of those plays, like the one where uh, Malik Willis spun, you know, missed the tackle and spun around and went down the sideline. I mean, that that's just a dude play. You know what I mean? That that's that's him just being a baller type play. Uh, you know, and, and the defense did get uh, tight in the red zone, which is good. You know, so you know, when they kind of needed the man up, they did. Uh, but you know, also, you know, there was some issues with the secondary. I mean, they did, they did end up scoring on the drive, but man, there was a couple broken coverages. Like there was one where Malik overthrew the guy on a pop pass and you know, it, he could have crawled into the end zone from the, the 50, uh, he was so wide open. So, I mean, I think there's some frustration in this game with FIU because at the end, this is what you're zero three since beating Miami. Uh, but you kind of walk away from this with stone and everything else that you're going to win most of your games conference USA. Yeah. That's the with thing. Like team. I, 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 I was, I was like, after the game, I was devastated. I was like, Oh my God. Like I was heartbroken after the way we lost. But at the same time, I'm, I'm still very much looking forward to this team. And I, you I'm beating middle Tennessee they, last week. They, they <laughs> could, well, we actually, the week, the week after, but yeah, I, I'm confident oh. with this team going to conference USA play. Like I'm, I'm, I'm still like, I'm not worried. Like after this one game, I, I, I thought there was a, enough positive things that happened that have me still excited going forward. Yeah. And I'm just going to kind of, you know, maybe uh, bring us home on this part. You know, if, if, if the, what was most optimistic, or what was most encouraging, I should say to me was really the first half of play, because this is the type of game last year that FIU gets blown out. You know, AJ Ricketts and I were talking about it heading into halftime. You know, you don't get those red zone stops from the 2019 team. Typically, you know, Liberty scores and they come back and get the ball to open the second half and then it's a 14-point lead and then, then, then everything goes downhill. You saw a lot of fight and resolve from this team. I know that sounds cliche, but to kind of Shane's point, to give you something that's certified on the field, athletically, they look like they can hang. And that's the, the thing that if you're an FIU fan, you've got to be encouraged that the guys that Butch Davis is recruiting or are, that Butch Davis has brought in, they look like athletically they can hang with any G5 football team. So they would have liked yeah, to see and, and I, Go ahead, Shane. Go ahead, Shane. Jump in. Oh, sorry. You say athletic. I would have hit on. Um, now I just, my, of course, I interrupt you and my mind blanks with the, you know, the tight end, um, the freshman tight end, and Boyd Anderson. But I mean, well, he looked like I saw him and I'm like, okay, this, this guy's a dude. I remember I saw him once in high school and 
and he already looked a lot bigger than I, you know, remember him. So I'm like, okay, this is a dude they recruited. So, you know, that he's out there making that impact early. Yeah. And, and I'll have, I'll have more from the, from the stadium as far as thoughts on Fairweather. They, they are very optimistic on him to the point where, you know, there were guys who may have seen him previous years. You probably didn't see on the field today because it was Sterling Palmer and Fairweather. So with that being said, uh, David, you good if I wrap it up? Any, any final thoughts or y'all good on that? I'm all good, man. Uh, you know, once again, I'm, I'm still very excited uh, for this team and, I'm with Shane. We, we should destroy Middle Tennessee. So, but you can end it, Eric. You're all good. All right. Not a problem. So we will do this again. Hopefully the Florida Atlantic Owls. We'd love to do this about the Owls. We, we would love to. Truthfully, we would. But uh, Mother Nature, well, I shouldn't say Mother Nature, just, you know, 2020 in general isn't cooperating with us. So hopefully we can do one of these about the uh, FAU game coming up and sooner than later. And uh, as always, you can find us on Five Reasons Sports at Number Five Reasons Sports and this podcast at Shootable Pod on Twitter. Shane's on Twitter at Marinelli Shane. David's on Twitter at Mr. Honda Three Two One. Back to back, baby. And you can find me on Twitter at Eric C Henry underscore. Thank you for listening, and uh, I'm looking forward to getting back to the Sunshine State.